I want to give you a moment to kind of find your place. I'll be in uh, uh, both Mark, uh, well, actually Mark, John, and Luke, all at the Easter story. And so Mark 16, uh, then uh, Luke 21, and then I'll be in John chapter um, uh, 20. And so if you want to find your way there. Uh, I, I would say hope is not forgotten is what this Easter uh, theme is about this morning. Uh, and that even though in the midst of trying times and in the midst of difficult circumstances, uh, that hope is still in sight, hope is still at reach. And the only reason there is hope in the world we live in today is because of the resurrection, because of Resurrection Sunday and Resurrection Day. Uh, the cross is beautiful in the sense that in the cross we see the grace of God and the love of God toward man. It's also very ugly in the sense that we see the sin of man being poured out on the one who is without sin and, uh, and just how ugly that is, the wrath of God being poured out on the beautiful spotless Lamb of God on my behalf. In essence, He did wear my crown. He did die my death. And, uh, and so that's how we have hope this morning, right? Uh, but, but if Christ died on the cross, was placed in a tomb, and stayed in the tomb, there would be no hope today. Our hope would be in vain. The Apostle Paul says that our faith would even be in vain if there's not a resurrection. If Jesus Christ be not raised from the dead, then everything we do in this life uh, from a Christian standpoint is all in vain. So it is the, the resurrection, it is the empty tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ that gives hope and credence to everything it is we believe and do. And so now, I, even in the midst of tragedies, I have joy and I have peace. Why? Because the tomb was empty. Not simply because he died on a cross, but because the tomb is empty is why I have victory over this life and this death. Because he had victory over life and death. And we live in the hope of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we've had 2,000 years of hope. I mean, literally, we have the, the great opportunity to look back. We look back at what Christ has done, and yet the Bible, the Gospels, paint a picture of the first Easter morning. And the first Easter morning, they did not have this luxury of already knowing the tomb was empty. In fact, when we see those who followed Him closely, the disciples and, and those ladies who followed along, um, they weren't looking for an empty tomb. And so the first Easter was pretty bleak. The first Easter morning was a bleak morning where uh, ladies are going to anoint the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so they're not going looking for a risen physical body. They're going looking for a dead body to anoint. And so it was a very bleak time. See, they had believed Jesus Christ was the hope of the world, was the hope of Israel, our hope today, and yet they saw him three days prior being whipped and beaten and mocked and sped upon and nailed to a cross. And so all of a sudden, hope seemed like the last thing or the furthest thing from, from those who loved the Lord Jesus Christ and followed him. Here, here's what I would say to you is perhaps you're in a situation today in your life where you've lost all hope. Just as the apostles, the disciples, those who followed Christ and loved Him had lost all hope. Maybe you're at the breaking point this morning. There have been glimmers of hope, but, but now your last hope has died. 
And this is what the, the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ are literally living because there were glimmers of hope when Christ was with them. And so they, they may have been occupied by Roman oppressors and they, they may have been living in a world where, where things were difficult, but now Christ had come. The Messiah had come and there were glimmers of hope. And then Friday comes. And now it seems that all hope, last hope, has died. So when the Sabbath is over, we see Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, are bringing spices to the Lord Jesus Christ that they might anoint Him. And so if you have your Scriptures, you can turn to Mark 16. In Mark 16, verses 2 and 4, let me just read 1 through 4. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, and I'll just remind you in my Bible, I have underlined, early. There's something throughout Scripture about getting with God, seeking God, looking for God, dealing with God early. Early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And so they're not looking for an empty tomb. They're not looking for the stone to be rolled away. Their conversation is very bleak. Hope seems lost. How will we be able to enter the tomb where our beloved Jesus, His body is laid? I'm glad Scripture doesn't stop there. It says... And looking up. This too in my scripture is underlined. Looking up. They saw that the stone had been rolled away. It was very large. And entered the tomb. They saw a young man sitting on the right side. Dressed in a white robe. And they were alarmed. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who is crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he's going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. And as we dig into the Easter story found, multiple attestation, Lord, in three different Gospels, we're going to look today at Resurrection Day, at the greatest day in the history of the world when our Savior who having died for our sins, overcomes the grave, overcomes death, and brings victory not only to himself over death, but victory to all those who believe and trust in him. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your sacrifice. And we thank you, God the Father, for the evidence of a, a debt that's been paid in full in the empty tomb of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so today, give us hope, give us peace, and give us joy. In Christ's name we pray, amen. I would submit to you this morning that real hope was found early in the morning that day. You know, throughout Scripture, we, we read oftentimes of those who would get up early in the morning to be about their business, to get along with God. Jesus would Rise in the morning before anyone would get up. He would go out to a desolate place just so he could be by himself with the Father. 
These ladies have gone early seeking Christ in the morning. Now, way back in 2 Kings chapter 6, Elisha's servant is said to have risen early and ultimately found God who would bring deliverance to Israel. Joshua fighting in the Old Testament before his very first battle gets up early in the morning, seeks the Lord, and there he meets the captain of the host of the Lord our God. And I, I would just submit to you, if we would begin to seek the Lord early in the morning, before our battles even begin. See, that, that's the key. If we seek Him first, we seek Him early in the morning before our battles even begin, God will bring a renewed hope in our life. Is there anything, there's something special about getting up and the first thing you do is to go before Christ. To go before our God. But before I face what I'm going to face, whatever today holds, before I even get into the battle, I'm seeking God before the battle starts. Too many times we play the defensive role. We wait till the battle is already waging and the war is already roaring around us to seek God. I would submit to you this morning what we see is these ladies did not put off this until later. But early in the morning arose to go anoint the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then I want you to notice what they did. The Bible says as they approached, there was a problem. What are we going to do about the stone? When we get there, the stone is too big for us to roll. How are we going to remove the stone to go in to anoint his body? And Scripture says that approaching the tomb, they looked up. Even in the darkest, bleakest moment, Whatever our situation may be, no matter how bleak it may appear, no matter how impossible it may seem, I want to share with you this morning that because of Easter, because of Resurrection Sunday, we have a new hope, so look up. No matter what we're facing, no matter what we see on the horizon, no matter how difficult it may be, it's been a weird week knowing that we would come on Easter Sunday and not be able to gather together as the body of Christ. And I would say to you, take hope. What matters is not that you've been called to a church building, but you have been called to the body of Christ. Hope is still there. Looking up, it brings a fresh perspective. I was talking with Josh yesterday, Bachelor. And you all know I'm not a Clemson fan, and I hate to even bring Clemson up on Easter. But Josh was sharing with me that uh, Dabo, the coach of, of the Clemson Titers, were asked a question about this upcoming football season, and, and he said, well, I'm just planning it like I normally would. Uh, they begin to kind of chastise him a little bit. Don't you think that's irresponsible, Josh was sharing with me? And Dabo said this, in any situation, you can look at it in two ways when we're dealing with trouble. You can look at it with fear, or you can look at it with faith. I would submit to you this morning, if you want to see hope again in your life, begin to look at your situations through faith. The choice is ours how we look 
How we view the circumstances of our life. How we view the, the troubles we're going through. And troubles aren't limited to just coronavirus. Families are struggling and falling apart. Jobs are, are being lost. Other sicknesses and diseases are still ravaging those around us. Look up. Take heart. A new fresh perspective Looking through faith, not through fear. That's what Easter is about. So I'm going to ask you if you would, if you have your scripture, to turn with me as we look. Just the first point I want to make. I only have a couple. Thank you. Get a sip of water. If you'll turn to John 20, with this thought in mind, Looking rightly, looking intently to the empty tomb of our Lord Jesus Christ, looking rightly. I love this scripture. Mary has been at the tomb, and now she, she runs to tell Peter and John. She goes and tells the disciples. The other disciples are kind of skeptical, but Peter and John don't wait for her to even finish the conversation. Peter and John are out of there, and they're running to the tomb. I love maybe John, because he's a little younger, he outran Peter because Scripture tells us John got there a little before Peter did. And so in John 20, verse, uh, we'll just start uh, verse 5. It says this. And stooping to look in, this um, being John, he outrun Peter, reaches the tomb first, and he stoops to look in, he saw the linen clothes lying there, but he did not go in. I want you to notice there are going to be three uh, times that the word look or saw is in this passage. That's important as we think about looking with the right perspective, looking the right way, looking intently on the empty tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. That, that Easter Sunday is not the only Sunday where we should think and focus and concentrate on looking to the empty tomb of Christ, but especially on Easter Sunday we should look intently at the empty tomb of, of Christ. This is where our hope lies. John stooping or down, looking in, saw the linen clothes lying there, but he didn't go in, Scripture says. And the Greek word here is, is blipo. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to use a bunch of Greek, and I don't have to, but, but blipo just simply means, this is when he stoops down and to look. And what this word simply means, it just simply means to glance at something. It's, it's not like spending a whole lot of time. It's just to, to look at something, to glance upon it. I can know that it's true. So he looks to the tomb. He looks inside. He knows that Christ is not there, but he doesn't do any investigation. He's satisfied with just a quick glance, just a, a quick look. It says, uh, then Peter came following him. In verse 6, went into the tomb. And he saw, here's another Look, like he looked, he saw the linen clothes lying there and the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. So now Peter comes into the tomb and Peter looks. But the word here is a little bit different. It's not, not blipo, it's thereo. And thereo means to look inquisitively, to investigate, to, uh, uh, to contemplate what it is you're looking at, 
to, to behold with intelligence, to scrutinize what it is you're seeing. Look at the detail here. Peter looks and notices, for instance, that the grave clothes are as they were while Christ was inside of them, and now the grave clothes have not been moved or touched or changed, but somehow they don't have a body. They're bodiless. Peter looks and notices that the, the cloth, the linen cloth used to cover the face of the Lord Jesus Christ is not like the, the grave clothes, still in their place the way they were when they laid him in the tomb, but now the face cloth has been folded and laid aside separately. Peter is intent and scrutinizing the tomb. He goes in and he's inquisitive and he's, he's contemplating. He's taking careful notice of everything. Something calls Peter to puzzle over what he saw. Now, Peter's intent looking upon the, the tomb of Christ caused a change in John. Notice what takes place. Then the other disciple, this is John writing, so he just refers to himself as the other disciple. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in and saw and believed. And yet in this particular instance, when we say saw or looked upon, it's a different Greek word. It's Edo, and it means this, to look on something with understanding and belief. So, so, so get kind of, let's just chronologically get a picture of what takes place when we're thinking about looking intently to the empty tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ. John comes, glances in, doesn't seem to be a body there. He steps out. Peter goes in, begins to investigate. He takes a much deeper look at the situation. He, he looks and, and he scrutinizes the, the tomb and he begins to take notes of details. And, and during the time that Peter is looking at something, Thereo, in such a, a way to scrutinize it, this, this puzzlement of Peter leads John to a change of action. Now John looks back in, but now he doesn't look in as someone who's taking a glance. He looks at someone who now believes. So I want you to realize what's taking place there. And I would say this. It is those like Peter who look intently to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, who look intently on the empty tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ, who look intently and scrutinize the person of Christ and the Word of God. It's, it's those that pave the way for others to see and to understand and to believe. And so how we're called today as those who are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ is to look intently on the empty tomb. And when we begin to focus our perspective on the empty tomb, when we begin to, to contemplate over the empty tomb, then it will lead others who have simply taken a glance at something to be able to look, to see, to understand, and to believe. And so if we really want hope to not be forgotten then it must start with a perspective. It must start by the way we look, and it must start with the very um, thing that we are looking upon, the, the empty tomb of Christ. You want to focus your life, your perspective, your, your lens of thought, you, you want to have hope in your life, then you need to consistently look upon the empty tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's, it's the empty tomb of Christ where our victory lies. Paul says that there has to come a time when the flesh takes on the immortal. And he talks about a time where there, there must be the resurrection of the life. That, that then, when death is defeated, 
and the Lord Jesus Christ is the firstborn of the resurrection, then the saying is true, oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, death, where is your victory? Because the sting of death is sin. But we have victory in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, if, if Jesus be not raised, our life is in vain. But Jesus has been raised. And this is, this is what's so exciting about that, is what we've been told, is that now we've been given the very same Spirit of God that lives within us that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. The very power that raised Him from the dead resides in the life of those who believe and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. How can we not be a people of great hope when the very presence of the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead lives within us? Be like Peter. Look intently on the empty tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let it be the focus of your life when life becomes unfocused. When life gets out of focus, when we can't really see things as they really are, when we've lost all hope, when we've lost joy in our life, get this perspective. Take a look at the empty tomb of Christ and remember the hope of the resurrection. You, you've overcome this world already because Christ overcame the world. Not because we're good enough, not because we're great enough, not because we're smart enough, not because we're righteous enough, but because our Lord Jesus Christ defeated death, hell, and the grave, rose again, the, the tomb is empty, we have victory. It's time for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to stop living defeated. That's what Easter says to us. We are more than conquerors. We have already overcome this world that seems to bring so many troubles our way. Why? Because Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, who took our sin and gave us His righteousness, He overcome death, hell, and the grave. And if nothing separates us from Him and nothing separates us from His love, then that means every single problem I face this side of eternity if I want to look at it with hope and joy and peace in my heart, the very peace of God, then here's what should be central. Not just the cross, it's the empty tomb. The empty tomb is a statement where God the Father declares the cross did what it was supposed to do. The cross is enough. It really is finished now. The empty tomb says to us, we now have relationship with God through Christ because God has honored the sacrifice of His Son. How do we know? Because He's not in a grave. Because He's not in a tomb. Because the tomb is empty. If we really want to have hope, the hope that's not forgotten this Easter morning, we also need to look toward the blessed hope we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to look intently on the empty tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ. We also need to look to the blessed hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Paul was writing to Titus. You don't need to turn there. I just want to give you a couple verses here throughout that where Paul is writing and then in Hebrews. In Titus 2.13, the Apostle Paul writes to Titus and says this, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. How do I go through this life with hope? How do I go through life where hope is not forgotten? Not only do I look intently on the empty tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ, but I'm looking forward to the glorious appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not leaving me here by myself. This place is not a permanent place for Christians to live in the world that we see around us with sickness and death and pain 
No, we look forward to the blessed hope of the glorious appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ and how glorious it will be when Christ returns or when we go to meet Him. Christian, you can face anything this world throws your way with the blessed hope and assurance of the glorious appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. He hasn't forgotten us. He hasn't forsaken us. Hope is not forgotten. This is our ultimate hope. When the Lord Jesus Christ will return to give us, 2 Thessalonians 1.7 says, to give us who are troubled rest. Man, that's a, just listen to that. The Lord Jesus will not leave us here without hope. But the Lord will return to give us rest. I don't know what you need, listen, but I need rest in my life. I'm not talking about laying down sleep. I mean rest for the weary soul. When everything around us, especially in the midst of the time we live, where we look on the news and every day we get new death tolls and we get new people who have come down with this virus, life can become bleak, man. Life's difficult. When, when you're stuck in your home, when, when you've been told, which is the responsible thing to do, by the way, I'm not saying anything, but when you're, you're kind of stuck in your home and you can't really go anywhere, you can't really do anything, and everything you see is just reports of how bad things are, not only here, but throughout the world. In that time, my weary soul needs rest. And where, where does my, my weary soul receive rest? Rest in the, the knowledge that Jesus Christ is going to return and give us rest. This glorious appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so even through the Lord's Supper, even through communion, we, we not only celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we celebrate the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Hebrews 9.28 says, To those who eagerly wait for Him. He will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. He will deliver us. So let's eagerly look for His return. Man, every day I wake up and when I see the state of the world in which I live in, I am eager for the return of Christ. I can remember as a kid growing up in church where um, the, the, the second return of Christ was taught a lot. And I could just remember like thinking, well, Lord, at least let me get through school and let me get married, Lord, and then you can come back. All right. Like, God, if you'll just let me ha- have a family, if you'll let me you know, have a job, just let me do these things and then I'm ready for you to come back. Those days have long been exchanged with God. Would you please just come back? All right, Lord, Lord, I am ready, I'm eager, I'm anxious for you to come back. And I don't know whether he'll come back before I go to meet him, but either way, I am looking for the glorious approach of our Lord Jesus Christ, that return which will bring rest to our weary souls with the anticipation. Easter not, not only causes us to look at the resurrection, but it also challenges us to look toward the blessed hope of the return of Jesus Christ. As we look to Jesus, we not only have a hope of His return for us, but also notice that His glorious appearing is in our situation. Whatever we're facing, whatever you face today, there is hope in the knowledge that your God hasn't forsaken you. He hasn't forgotten you. There is still hope 
And as proof of that is the promise he will return. Just the promise itself is enough to bring us peace and hope and joy in the midst of troubled times. He's there to bring us salvation, both eternal salvation and salvation into life situations. I don't know about you, but, but I'm thankful that I have been saved, and that, that's done. But I'm also thankful that God saves me from situations in my life every day. That His mercy and His grace are new each and every day. Our blessed hope is both now and eternal. So as believers of Christ, we look forward to the glorious appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. It brings us the blessed hope of His return, and it gives us a peace now and eternally. Everything may be coming against you right now. And fear may be gripping you on every side. And it may have nothing to do with this virus that's going around. It may be other issues in your life where you are overwhelmed and feel overcome by the fear that's in your mind and in your heart. And in the midst of it all, we've been challenged to look up, to lift our heads, because our redemption draws nigh. This is the hope of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what Easter points to. And so many times we stop at the tomb, right? We stop at the empty tomb. We look to the empty tomb, and boy, that's enough to bring us hope in this life and purpose in the life to come. But if you stop at the empty tomb, you will miss peace, redemption, joy, Hope that you've never experienced before. Don't stop at the empty tomb. Go forward to the blessed hope of His return and to our redemption drawing nigh. In Luke 21, Jesus says, Now when these things begin to happen, He was speaking to them about destruction that would come upon Jerusalem. And He says, Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads. Because your redemption draws near. This is in Luke 21, 28. He'd been talking about Jerusalem falling to the edge of the sword, being led captive into all nations. And with this news of terrible tragedy awaiting the people, he says, don't be discouraged by it. When you see it happening, don't be discouraged. Look up. Your redemption's drawing near. There's hope in the midst of despair. There's hope in the midst of the worst of life's circumstances and situation. As I told you, Josh, share with me. Don't, don't allow, allow fear to drive the way you look at your life and its circumstances. But instead, look at life's circumstances and trials in faith. Be expectant. How can I be expectant in the world? Because I serve a Savior who's risen. Because I serve a Savior who's returning. And because I sense that my own redemption is drawing near. Every single day I'm closer to my redemption. Make sure you get it. Listen, Christian. Every day I live, I am one day closer to being fully redeemed in Christ. Because I'm one day closer to going to be with Him or I'm one day closer to when He returns. And so we look forward to the glorious appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Luke 21, 24, and says, Man, Men's hearts felling them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. What a great description of the world we live in today. 
of our hearts failing us when we look around at the world that we live in today where there's such despair and it's so bleak. And though fear may try to grip us on every side, and though our hearts and our minds may seem to fail us, in the midst of it all, look up, lift up your heads, because your redemption truly draws near. Your deliverance is on its way. Look up, lift up your head, Victory is coming. And victory has already been had. That's the empty tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we celebrate today and words can never express what it is you did both on Calvary's cross and what the empty tomb implies for us who believe in you. But Lord, your victory over death, hell, the grave, sin has made it possible for us to lift our heads high in a world that seems to be in such upheaval and despair. When we look around at our families and we look around at our jobs and we look around at those who are dying, it's so easy many times for our hearts to fill us. And yet you've challenged us. When you see these things. Don't give up. Don't despair. Don't lose hope. When you see these things. Lift your head. Because your redemption is now. And Lord for believers. We celebrate this resurrection day. And the promise of the hope it brings. But Lord, there may be those who are listening today who don't have the assurance we have. Who can't stand in the midst of life's circumstances and declare that we have victory over this world because we serve a risen Savior. And Lord, if there be those today who hear these words, I pray you speak to their hearts and minds. That you bring them to the point of realizing that we can't do this on our own. We, we, it's never been God's purpose for man to go through this world alone. But in right relationship with Him. And in order that we might have that relationship with you, dear God, you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to live a perfect life. To die my death. And to be victorious over the grave. And because of that, we have hope and we have peace and we have joy. And so, Lord, if there's those who are out there who do not have peace, who do not have joy, may today truly be the day of salvation for them as you open their eyes to the knowledge that there is hope in you. There is victory in you. And we're assured of this because the tomb is empty. And today, like Christ declared on the cross, we declare it is finished. In Jesus' name, amen.